Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Fudinos Podcast. Um, Intelal is over. I hope everybody had a good break. Um, lots of stuff happening. A couple of young gunners getting um, England debuts on Ramsdale and Emil Smith Rowe. Uh, the games were actually terrible though, uh, besides just seeing the boys. Um, get their debuts, especially the one they, they made their debut in against San Marino. The 10-0 game was just, yeah, it was the most anti-football thing that I observed there with Harry Kane trying to get, you know, his hat-trick and stat pad as much as possible. I mean, I don't even know why Gareth Southgate allowed that to happen, but, you know, congratulations to the guy. He gets his four goals and does his thing. Like, anyway, I, I just... um actually got into some weird Twitter conversation. I tend not to um, catch flames on Twitter, but I uh, got called out by a bunch of Tottenham Hotspur fans by by saying, you know, before the game, that this game would be over before halftime because I had seen what happened before the week, you know, the, the few days before that when they were playing at, at, at Wembley. And I think that the game was like 5-0 or something like that by halftime. So I was like, ah. Same thing happened against San Marino. Um, Smith Rowe got his goal. Saka got a goal. I mean, ten nil in an international game. World Cup qualifier is just pathetic. Anyway, I hope we all enjoyed the the the, the interlal. And um, and then yeah, the first um, round of matches was going well um, in terms of results before Arsenal kicked off against Liverpool and today we'll be talking about um, Arsenal's performance away at Anfield in what was yeah um, an Anfield baptism for Ateta's young gunners um, 4-0 it ended it ended 4-0 but um, yeah like there were quite a lot of things that I was kind of um, watching the game thinking about and thinking like um, you know what can we what can we learn from this game because it was just one of those things where the game itself um i don't think any arsenal fan expected a win you know um i think we can all hope and and i don't think any of us were expecting um to walk out of there necessarily with the point even i think um those of us who are honest it was more of like okay a loss is very very is the most likely outcome but what can we hope to see from the team? You know, um, what's basically what's the most dignified, respectable way to lose this game? Um, if you look at their their team that's been together for five, six years with um, seasoned pros, you know, all over the field, even with injuries, which they had some, they still had seasoned pro replacing another one. And they had, you know, people like Thiago who haven't had many minutes this season coming into the team, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who a lot of Arsenal fans will be familiar with his qualities on a good day. You know, he, I mean, basically Liverpool's midfield is plug and play. You know, it's doesn't, all of them do pretty much the same thing. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of it involves, you know, um, suffocating the, the, oppos the opponent's midfielder, winning the ball, then playing it out as quickly as possible to the to the left back or the right back or to one of the front three, you know, and they have definitely in 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 
three of those positions, most of the time, if not more, they have world-class footballers in Salah, Mane, and Trent. And if you want to, um, you know, talk about Jota, you know, he's a talent of maybe world, world-class world levels. He may not have achieved that so far. But, but anyway, so what can we learn about, you know, about Arsenal from this game? I think... I think Arsenal's defense um, is clearly further along. It's, it's ironic to say this after a four-nil uh, beating, but um, I think one thing that I, I, I observed was that like Arsenal's first half performance um, was really encouraging. You know, they stayed in their shape, stayed disciplined, um, gave Liverpool, um, you know, for the first. I guess maybe 30 or so minutes, like Ramsdale didn't have a lot to do. And then it started to open up a little bit more with time because um, I don't think we used the ball really well, you know. Um, and I think against an opponent like Liverpool, you don't use the ball very well when you have it. That means then they're getting it very quickly. And I remember looking at the, the possession statistics, like around halftime, it was like 65 to 35, uh, roughly there, thereabouts. And when you give Liverpool that much time on the ball, you know, I know the the, 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 bowl, the goal that broke the deadlock was from a, um, a set piece, which was poorly defended by, by Gabriel. Gabriel and Tomiyasu let the shortest man um, in their area get to the header. Um, but, you know, money has scored headers against, you know, a lot of different opponents. Um, but but I I just I think they could have done better there, but to be quite honest, I think also it's very very easy to just go on the defense um, when actually they were doing really well. I mean Aaron Ramsdale, um, if you were to pick a man of the match from the Arsenal team, I think Ramsdale would be a a very good shout for man of the match. If you had to pick man of the match for for, for both teams, I think he'd be. Um, the front runner for men of the match for Arsenal. Um, but also I don't want to go into like a um, negative, like blame space um, because um, I saw a lot that was encouraging. And I also just want to say like, you know, in, in, in an attempt to not over indexed or overreact to this result, I think Liverpool will do this to anyone. You know, I've seen them do it to Barcelona needing after going to, to Camp Nou, um, losing 3-0 there. They came back home needing to win 4-0. What did they do? They won 4-0. Um, when Valverde, uh, Ernesto Valverde was coaching Barca and Messi was still there, um, you know, Busquets and all these different guys still there. Um, and Liverpool beat them 4-0. Um, remember that famous corner kick that Trent takes really early with, um, uh, what's his face, converting uh, Origi. They've beaten City there, like 5-1, you know, like, I mean, they've done things to teams far better than this very young Arsenal team. So I don't think the scoreline is an embarrassing scoreline if you were watching the game. Um, and then a couple of weeks just before that, I know this, they lost to West Ham, but a few weeks before, they had went to, they went to um, Old Trafford and, and they beat Manchester United 5-0 having scored almost, I think, all their goals in, in, the, in the first half, actually. And Man United had far more experienced, far more seasoned professionals in their team. And 
one thing I'll say is that these boys from Ateta didn't at least like United play the second half apologizing, you know, like, hey, we won't try to attack, but don't score any more goals. They didn't go down with a whimper, you know. In fact, they went, maybe it was their naivete that led to um, to the scoreline going up four because they started opening more, more, more holes, chasing the ball a little bit, getting out of their structure, losing a little discipline a little bit, which can happen. But I, 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 don't, I don't think it was because they caved or gave in. I think it's because they, maybe they were trying a little too hard. Uh, but being outsmarted and outthought by more experienced, much more um, quality players at this stage of their careers, you know. Um, yeah, so Liverpool are just better, you know. So I don't want to um, over-interpret or read too much into the 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 four nil score line, even though there's lots to be to be learned from the game. Um, and this was this. You know, few months old team. Yeah, this I worded that very weirdly. This team is a few months old, and this was their first trip to Anfield. And you just can't recreate that in training. You can't recreate the atmosphere of Anfield, and um, and I think it's really tough for young footballers to um, to to really, you know, understand the difficulties until they are in the situation. So. At the risk of sounding ageist, you know, I'm hoping that the boys will will learn from this, and 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 hopefully them and the coaching staff will, you know, go over the stuff um, that that can, they, that they can improve from the game, and also the stuff that they did well. And I think there was a lot of it in that first um, in that first 45 minutes. Um, I know some some people like to sit down on a Monday morning and talk about what could have been and lineups and whatever. I don't think any lineup changes would have um, prevented the outcome necessarily. I think it may have just maybe changed the the, the mistakes that were made. You know, maybe somebody else would have made a mistake instead of Nuno Tavares, um, and maybe you know the nature of the defeat may have been a little bit more dignified. But I don't think there was no there was a loss of dignity in the way the boys lost because I think they played their hearts out. They, I think they really did leave a lot on the field. But I, I just don't think they um, they did their best work in terms of um, staying the course in, term, in, the, in the discipline side of things. I think they could have stayed a little bit more disciplined um, for longer, st- you know, keep the game at 1-0 for longer rather than take a lot of... They, they took too many risks, you know, I think, and I think the goal... Um, and this is one of my favorite players, by the way, in the game, again in a game where he made a mistake that led to a goal. This kid, Nuno Tavares, um, was one of my best players in terms of his bravery and his, you know, his like his, his willingness. You know, he had a, you know, he's, I mean, I almost said his lack of consciousness or of conscience because he was just playing with, without a conscience in that game. You know, he made a mistake, but he kept going. Made another mistake, kept going. Um, never hid at all. Um, so th- this was... One of the other things that I learned from the game is that, like, there's character in this team. Um, but another thing that I learned in this game was Arsenal's possession problems continue. You know, I think the first thing that I learned was yeah, that the defense is ahead of the offense. And by defense, I don't mean just the back four. I mean, defensively, Arsenal are ahead of the, all the whole Arsenal team is defensively ahead of 
where they are offensively. Um, and yes, the offense needs to be led by key players who are occupying offensive positions on the field. But I think that's where we are lacking. I think the offensive players maybe could take a little bit more of a lead and and maybe give us more opportunities to threaten the opponent a little bit more and help us find ways to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. Um, and I think at times some of the offensive players were giving up the ball too quickly, you know, um, not helping to make themselves available. I know Liverpool's press is second to none. Um, and maybe that's something to be, you know, forgiven. And then when we play Liverpool again, at home, we then maybe can be a little bit harsher in, in, in the say in the words we will say about what we looks like when we have the ball. But yeah, I feel like offensively we are a little bit behind compared to where we are defensively. Um, and I think the 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 front four maybe Laka was was the most involved in the in the game overall because he was throwing himself about, took a little bit of. Um, kicking an ass kicking from from Fabinho. Um, once he did it like two times within a period of like a minute. Um, him and Fabinho kind of like going head to head, and then also um, Thiago was on Laka quite a bit to prevent him from having the effect that um that he had in in the games leading up to this one. So. You know, I know there's a side of this performance that was forced by Liverpool. You know, um, it wasn't all just Arsenal, you know, disappearing because I know that they tried. But I think Liverpool did force Arsenal's hand and force Arsenal to to do the things that they didn't like to do uh, and forced us to play maybe a little bit deeper than we like to do because they pressed a little bit high and we couldn't find our targets up front with the longer balls that sometimes... Ramsdale has been very, very good with. Um, and I think it would be unfair of me not to mention that our two-star boys, um, Smith-Rowe and Saka, were peripheral in this game, especially Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, and, and we can't also, though, be hypocritical and, and go crazy when this, when this happens because on the times when they play well, we do say... There's going to come a time. There's going to come a time when these boys won't be able to produce what we just saw them produce on this particular game. And Smith Rowe had scored, I think, three, four games in a row or something like that leading up to this one. Um, if you include the, the the international break, I don't know what that does in terms of like goal scoring and assisting and whatnot. So so he's been really good. And, and um, you know, he's allowed a performance that's poor. Uh, and this is where maybe I think the manager and the coaching staff could do a job of like protecting him and not letting him play as long as he did in this game or, you know, somehow like finding ways to to relieve some of these young boys from the burden, which is carrying a lot of these over, overly um, experienced and, and, and maybe not, I won't say overpaid, but like very well paid teammates that they have. Um, so they were poor, both of them, Saka and Smithrow. And I and I don't like to like mix them up too much. Like as a like they're not one person, they are both different players. But the two of them with Aubameyang um were very, very peripheral. And I think 
part of that was Liverpool not giving them, um, giving Arsenal the passing lanes to them. But I think the next thing now we're going to need to do is maybe to find, um, we're going to need to find a way of, okay, when a team takes that passing lane, like where do you run? You know, because I know Ateta is a very choreography type coach, you know, like everything needs to move in sync. Like, you know, he wants them to think with one brain or whatever he says. It's like, you know, unity and everybody moves like, like um like an orchestra, if you know, if you know what I mean. Um, so he, he's gonna need to find ways because like when other teams look at tape and they look at where does you know Smith Rowe like to receive the ball or where does Saka like to receive the ball, and if they take those spots and pl- and stop the ball from going in those areas, what are we you know, what is our pivot? What are we what are we gonna do? Um, you know, Sambi and Partey were, in my opinion, okay in this game. I know some people don't think they did well, but I think they did okay in, with the back five. Um, I, I actually tweeted about this at halftime saying we need a little bit more help from the front four. Um, and I, I lumped Lacazette in that, but I, and I saw him at least moving into midfield, which which he has done in other games too, and kind of like helping. Um, and maybe... Arsenal need to kind of like work their their accordion movements, you know, where they tighten up a little bit more and then explode and spread the field once we have the ball um, and drag defenders with them. I don't know what it is that Arteta and his um, coaching staff will do in terms of trying to problem solve after watching some tape on this game, but I really, really do think there's some really good tape on this game for them to figure out how to respond when you get suffocated um, by a team that knows what they're doing with, with their press, you know, and Liverpool brought it on. And it's almost like the longer the game went, the better they got at snatching the ball away from us, you know? So defense, good. Point number one. Point number two, offensively, you know, the more we keep the ball, the less the other team has it. I know that, you know, Arsenal have gone on, have gone and won games with less possession recently um, from having been a possession-heavy team. You know, I know against Watford, maybe against Norwich and Burnley, we had more possession, but against Leicester, we didn't have as much possession. And I know against um, Tottenham, we gave up a lot of possession as well in the second half. So a lot of these games, Arsenal doesn't have a lot of possession and we've become better at not having possession. However, against teams like Liverpool, you want to, whatever possession you have, 35%, it needs to count for something. Alisson could have made a few more saves for my liking, you know, and he, he hardly had to make any. So so I think that's the, one of the problems, you know. Um, problem one is, is, is for me, uh, offensively, we're still not in sync. Um, the third thing that I that I've learned in this game is that, like you know, Ateta's boys are very courageous. You know, um, with all the limitations they might have in terms of like problem solving when they are under pressure, when they're tested by a, a you know a very good defensive unit, um, a, a great pressing unit. Um, I think we need to figure out a way of playing against the press and we will, we will, because I know Ateta is very obsessed with this. 
and uh, he's the kind of coach that's good on the training ground anyway. So we'll 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 see how it all pans out. But I do think um, um, one of the things that I would like to to say as my evidence for the, for for claiming that these boys have courage was Nuno Tavares. Like I spoke about him a little earlier and said he was one of my favorite players in this game because he never quit. He never quit, not for one second. Even though he fucked up, he kept showing up for the ball, kept making runs. And defensively, he was actually, I mean, I wouldn't say flawless, but I don't remember him fucking up defensively, which is what I might have, you know, going into the game, would have been worried about him defensively more than I have been. would have been worried about him, um, you know, with the ball. Even though, you know, I've seen him make a, make a loose pass here and there in the past. Um, but yeah, I saw courage in him. Um, you know, he made a couple of loose passes, but he kept showing for the ball, never shied away, always involved, kept his head up, didn't see his shoulders drop, not once, and he was playing against Mo fucking Salah. Um, the manager and the boys came against a far superior opponent here, but I saw Tata also, like, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, um, talk about how that might have affected the field, you know, I'm sorry, the, 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 the stadium atmosphere. Um, it possibly, possibly did, probably did. Um, when he stood up against Jurgen Klopp on the sideline, you know, so I'm seeing a different mindset, um, from this Arsenal team that I really, really like, um, you know, but the boys and their manager were outmatched, you know, Klopp is in his, in the field of managers. He's one of the best guys. Um, and he's also working not just, you know, with, with not just anybody. He he has had more time with his team, but he's also not just working with more time. He's working with more quality at this point in time. You know, Arsenal at this moment, we have to be honest, Arsenal are, are aspiring on the field at least to be Liverpool. In fact, I would I would venture as to say maybe even on the stands, you know, um, our fans maybe can learn a thing or two from Anfield, because our fans, you know, um, we we have a fan base. I think sometimes that's too quick to to jump on the backs to, on teams' backs. And I haven't heard that so far. You know, I think people have been good about being supportive right now, but I think it takes very little compared to teams like Liverpool for our fans to to lose it with our team. And I hope that this is a journey that um, that will continue to go in the right, in the direction that it's been going, because it's been going in the right direction, the journey between fans and, um, and, and the team. So it's been beautiful to observe. But like, I just want to say at this present time, Liverpool just have their shit and their house in order, and we are aspiring to be like them. And I think Aaron Ramsdale said it best, you know, when he was like, yeah, you know, hopefully in a year or two, we can do what they did to us, to, to other teams. You know, like that's a very honest, sincere interview. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on the Arsenal website. Uh, and he was talking about, hey, we will get in and we will go on Monday, tomorrow's day off or whatever. I'm going on Monday, no moping and no no shoulders dropping. We'll go on to the next one. Um, so there's a lot of courage with this group and, and some good leaders. Um you know, with, with some of the younger boys and new boys. So I like, I really, really like that. Um, but then 
you know, a lot of the young leaders, uh, you know, obviously get a pass. And, um, and I think this brings me to, you know, a couple of the older guys in terms of leadership. I think some of the older guys at Arsenal can maybe get a bad rap. And, and one of the, um, and, and they've been good so far as well in this last 10 game run, two and a half months or whatever. Um, but I've heard some rumblings about Thomas Partey's performance, who I think, you know, didn't go on international duty against Ghana, didn't play against Watford. So this guy hasn't played football, what, three weeks maybe? Um, two two weeks of international break, and then that week leading up to the Watford game, he plays against Liverpool at Anfield, you know, was one of the okay performers. But, like, it seems like people like to find, you know, um, and I know this is not the majority fan, but, like, we like to find, go fishing for a player to blame. You know, when Xhaka is nowhere near the field, there has to be somebody else. Alba, Laka. Now Partey seems to, for some people, be the flavor of the month in terms of, well, Arsenal played this, paid this much money for this guy. Um, I'm all about critiquing players, but like, let's be reasonable, man. I think even if you had taken, I don't know who the best central midfielder in the in in the world of in the world right now, if you had taken Thomas Partey out of that game, and you played N'Golo Kante or you played, I don't know, Casemiro from Real Madrid, or I don't know who else. Um, people consider top top notch number six, but like, or Basuma or whoever. I think if Arsenal went with the same game plan we went with on that day, we still, I don't think it changes the outcome very much, especially after, you know, Partey had had a lay, an injury layoff. You know, like, I think people need to just chill out. This guy, um, this guy was not the reason Arsenal lost 4 0. You know, um, I think Alakazette tried his heart out. I think Partey went in and it was just it was just not enough. And it just wasn't good enough from all Arsenal players who played on the day. Because when you lose 4 0, it's not good enough for a club like Arsenal. Um, but the team needs to grow and I think the team will grow, you know, as long as they they don't um get too far ahead of themselves and they and they they keep working together you know like they the a game like this shouldn't derail the good work that's happening there and there's a lot of good work happening there you know and you can see it in the number of international call-ups you know in you know compared to the previous international break Sambi was on his on the Belgian team and and that's the other thing you know a new team that's been just two and a half months playing together coming back from an international break I mean I know even if there was no international break, Liverpool still would have been likely to win in the game. Um, more likely to win the game than not. But a team that's just come together and now all of them just came back a few days in a part um, between the game and when they came back. And and of course, you know, the team that's been together for six years who are very familiar with their plays and their set plays and their off-the-cuff movements is the team that, that won the game. And can't begrudge them for that. But this is just who we are and where we are at this point in time. Um, this is a young team. So, you know, let's not overinterpret. I've, I've said this several times in this podcast. Let's not overindex or overinterpret what, you know, what they are and who they are and all that stuff. Um, 
and let's give them time. And this is the beauty of no Europe, you know. So hopefully Ateta will take advantage of not having European football and um, and use the the midweek days to like study the film, study the tape, and make the most of um, the time on on the on the training pitch to to fine tune what he wants to see from his team. Um, I'm gonna stop there. I'll be talking to you guys soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Hope you enjoyed your international break. And now that the footy is back, that, um, that you know, we're going to have a little bit more fun, maybe go on another run. Um, talk to you before Newcastle. Cheers.